Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how we doing? I'm doing good, AJ. You know, uh, I know we're a little, probably a little delayed in in responding to this race, but seeing as it's our first season and we're just kind of taking this piece by piece, I think that's okay. Uh, and I'm coming off of a hot vacation, so you know, yeah. I needed I need a little extra time to really consume. Well- yeah, and, and it's just a little race called the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> just, just no <laughs> just big a deal. Little, little thing. <laughs> no so. big deal. Um, yeah, Tyler was at a pre-planned Star Wars convention. Um, at the time he booked that trip, he was not aware that he would be <laughs> co-hosting an IndyCar podcast. So yes. we'll, we'll give him we'll give him some grace on that front. But if you didn't if you didn't catch it, like Tyler Joseph Newgarden won the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. Uh, his first 500 win started all the way back in 17th uh, to come out on top in kind of a crazy, crazy race um, that was definitely backloaded, I would say. Um, only led yeah. five laps the whole race. But um, Tyler, let's just start off. What would you think? What would you think of the 500? So like the first 100 laps or so, I it felt like kind of like every other race. Um, I mean, obviously the grandstands are filled with people. Yeah. There's the snake pit. Like you could tell it's different vibe, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't like in terms of racing, you know, I could mm-hmm. look at Texas and be like, guys, yeah, probably, you know, fairly somewhere. Yeah. Um, and presentation and stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff that makes it special, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, in terms of like the on track competition, I felt like it was, you know, pretty pretty uh similar for those first hundred. And then I feel like the last fifty or the last hundred is when it really started kicking up. Uh yeah. Well, everyone was fuel saving the entire I mean, the first 150 laps. No people were lifting. I don't know if you I rewatching the race. Um, you could definitely tell that people like weren't taking advantage of their runs at times. Um but yeah, you could hear him lifting like halfway down the front stretch. So it was, I, I feel is, like it's been getting that? more and more like that. But what does lifting mean? Like, like getting off the gas, uh, like coasting to save fuel. Yeah. 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 So right. I, that doesn't necessarily make for the most exciting racing. Um, and it did kind of artificially inflate the number of lead changes just because people were like letting it's because you, I don't, they probably said it a million times on the broadcast, but you use more gas when you're out front breaking the breaking the really? air for everyone behind you yes really they, uh okay <laughs> you didn't catch that the first 80 times they mentioned that but um it, it you know being at the track i was at the race i i sit stand a box three every year um people there's a lot of people there who you know don't follow racing very closely 
And so that, you know, there's a pass for the lead. It's like, oh, everyone goes nuts. But, you you know, yeah, You're it like, makes for a fun environment. Like, OK, it's Callum. It's Callum Mylot. Let him have his his lap or two. <laughs> well, hey, Callum Mylot, he, he had a solid race. I don't want to. Yeah, he did. He, hey, he didn't crash. a good break he, and he did not crash. That is very so. true. Um, we should talk about Joseph Newgarden because this, I feel like, is a uh, a career defining win for Joseph Newgarden. He's been kind of he's never really threatened super closely. I don't is threatened super closely. Does that mean anything? he's he's never been up he's in the ne- yeah? He's he's I think he has a like one top three finish. Um, but he's never really threatened very strongly for a win. Um, and finally he pulls it off and people were kind of questioning, you know, can he win it? Will he win it? Is, is it for someone who's won two titles? Is it like a big strike against him to not win a 500? So, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what your feeling is on that. Not, you know, having kind of that lifelong exposure to the 500, but do you feel like this kind of changes your perception of Joseph Newgarden? Uh, you know, I don't think it changes my perception of him, but he puts a, he puts a feather in the cap and it makes him a little more iconic because I feel like there's guys who come through IndyCar, uh, from my understanding who, you know, Joseph Newgarden put Zach Brown in his seat, uh, this weekend and (laughs) not everyone does that. So I'm very happy for him. Uh, and I think it is one of those career defining moments and it's something that he's been chasing. You can (laughs) see that in his reaction. Uh, you can see that in his wife's reaction and the crowd reaction. I mean, he jumped through the fence or whatever. I don't even know. Like, I can't even tell how he got <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> I can't even remember. Uh, but you just could hear guys on the mic, the crowd, new guard, new guard. It was like, you know, it was a big, big moment. Um, and yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I am happy for him. And uh, if he goes on to, you know, win another championship, I think. This is something he'll look back on. Uh, out of curiosity, like, you know, Elio, how many championships has he won? Elio has never won a series title. There you go. It's like, well, and so I was I was pondering this question myself in, in the lead up to this recording. Um, and I was wondering, you know, how many drivers out there have multiple championships in like the modern era um, and have won a 500? And... Good old Wikipedia came through for me. Um, 17 total drivers. And Tyler, this this list, some of these names might not mean a lot to you just because you're a relatively new fan. But there are definitely some names that you're going to recognize on here. Um, and this is since USAC was founded, which was in 1956. So I'm considering that the modern era. Are, are we going to read all 17? I will read all 17 because okay. this is very important to me. Okay. <laughs> Just I want spent to like ten minutes on this, so oh, I need to I need to get the payoff for it. Understandable. I just want to prepare our listeners. But I I think for some people who are listening that you know that do have kind of the context for some of these names, I think it'll kind of put into perspective what the company that Joseph Newgarden now finds himself in. So, and that seventeen includes Joseph Newgarden, by the way. Okay. So, AJ Foyt. I'm assuming you know that name. <laughs> Yes. Scott Dixon. I would hope you know that name. Mario Andretti, Dario Franchitti, Jimmy Bryan, which he was back in the 50s, 
Rick Mears, one of the four-time winners, along with AJ Foyt and and Al Unzer, who is next on the list. Um, Bobby Rahal, Sam Hornish Jr., Roger Ward, another guy in the 50s and 60s, Bobby Unzer, Tom Sneva, Johnny Rutherford, Al Unzer Jr., Gilles DeFerrin, Will Power, and Joseph Newgarden. Will Power? I feel like Will Power sticks out of there. <laughs> well, he just got his second title last year. Okay. So he just joined that club and along with Joseph Newgarden. Is Will Power younger than Newgarden? No, he is older. He's um I don't know if that, he's in his forties. Okay. Um wow. Newgarden's in his or like thirties. Early somewhere. to mid thirties, I think. I'm not totally positive. That but. sounds right. Will Power just seems like a young guy to me, but no, he's uh, been around for a long time. He started, I think his rookie year was 2007. Um, that at the very least was like his first win, I think. Yeah. Um, he is 42. Oh, wow, man. He's doing good. 42. He, <laughs> he's He started in Champ Car in 2005. He ran his first race in Champ Car. So, yeah, definitely, definitely uh, puts New Garden up there, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and uh i guess like he now is his name's on a brick is that what is that the understanding <laughs> no his face is on the borg warner trophy okay so how do you get your name on the brick you gotta win multiple i think it's only the four time winners are on the bricks okay so and that's aj foyt alonzer rick mears and elio castronevis okay see this is the questions i need to ask because <laughs> People kiss the bricks, and I'm like, you know, it's probably dirty. Oh, um, I feel like that's disgusting. The kiss, the kissing the bricks is a relatively new thing too. I'm not a huge fan. If I could, like, if I had to get rid of one Indy 500 tradition, I think it would be kissing the bricks. Yeah, because I mean, one, it's disgusting. I just um, and I it's, try to understand the traditions, you know. Two, it's a NAS. It, like it started as a NASCAR thing, which feels like sacrilegious. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, you get your face on the Borg Warner Trophy, which has a naked dude with his dong out yep. waving a checkered flag. Yeah, people pointing that out, and I'm cool with it. I think the dong needs to be bigger. Um, <laughs> I just think that would make a lot of sense, you know. Maybe add like a millimeter or something each, you know. Do you think a millimeter winner? would be noticeable? on that guy yeah <laughs> yeah he that you'd stick out like a sore thumb but so do they keep adding like a layer to that it's like the stanley cup you know where they like yeah there's like a base to it and i don't know they i don't know if they've added rings if you go to the museum and the trophy is there they'll like there will be a, a lady back there telling you about it and i'm pretty sure she said they just added a ring he's like but... polishing and Polishing that guy at top. <laughs> yep. Extra focus on him. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. All right. We better change the subject before we yeah, get ourselves you in just trouble. Got my mind into, into a, a whirlwind here. <laughs> um what do you make of the finish? All the red flags and everything. That was kind of the hot topic right after the race, especially on Twitter. So, uh, like, it did remind me of uh, Abu Dhabi yeah, uh, a little bit because, 
even at one point, I think it was Townsend was like, we, I think we have our first, you know, back-to-back winner in however many years with uh, Erickson. Mm-hmm. And uh, me, I haven't been, you know, I, I just felt like, you know, there, there, I don't think there was any manipulation. Um, no. Like everything seemed fair and fine. Uh, I don't see anyone talking about that uh, if there is, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I thought it was cool. You know, obviously it didn't, it was competitive at the end, which is what I wanted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it was crazy watching new garden battle it out and somehow pulling away mm-hmm. that last lap was probably the most excited I've been for a race, uh, for an Indy car race. Well, that says a lot. I yeah. mean, do, I, I did see a lot of people saying like, they're not a fan of it and whatever. Um, I do have to say as someone that was at the track no one was like, oh, man, they're going to finish under green. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, no. I, I for a second, was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. And then I was like, wait, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> so in terms of, you know, entertainment value, I think we have to keep that in perspective. And it's not like the NASCAR stuff where I do. You, are you familiar with that all or with not that at, at all? Not at all. No. NASCAR does this thing called green, white checkered. If it's yellow and the race is going to end at the scheduled distance under yellow, if they haven't taken the white flag yet, they'll do another restart. And so the field will pack back up. They'll get the green flag. And if they come back around and take the white flag, then that's the last flag of the race. The next, whether it's a yellow or the checkered flag, that ends the race. Hmm. Um, if they don't make it back to the white flag and there's another yellow, they do it over again. And so it was like NASCAR was at Coda this year and they had like three or four restarts and it's a like three mile long road course. Yeah. It took forever. It was like an extra like two or probably like an hour, you know, um, and the, the distance, like the race distance is way longer than whatever is advertised because of it. Um, I feel like that is totally different. Then. Yeah, I don't like that. You can't really. Are you allowed to? I don't, I'm not going to ask too many NASCAR questions. Uh, but that feels a little weird to me mm-hmm. uh, to be like, we're going to force this to happen this way. Well, uh, and like everyone in everyone is basing their strategy off of the yes. race being the advertised a set, distance. Yes, a set distance or a set time, you know? Yeah. Um, and so you can't by- just mess around with that. Yeah, and like throwing that in there, that kind of can mess things up. You have people who have been leading the whole race, and if they, you know, have to pit because it's going to green, white, checkered, like you're going to, it just sometimes ends up as a total lottery. And like people will, guys will wreck people just to get up front because, you know. Yeah. It's their last chance, whatever. Why not? Doing what it takes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't fault the drivers for doing that in that situation, but. It does feel kind of cheap and gimmicky to me. And one question I had for you was like, did they feel, did the red flags feel gimmicky to you? No, not at all. You know, okay. I felt like listen, the people, the guys who crashed, it was like serious crashes. It was funny. Cause like we, mm-hmm. the, all the, out of all of the qualifying laps we watched, no one crashed. And then yeah. Monday, the next day, uh, you have your first and then, mm-hmm this race it was just like you know a good portion of the field ended up retired yeah uh and 
I think that's testament to like how competitive guys are being mm-hmm. in the race itself um, and gals. Uh, but, you know, like it was just crazy, crazy watching that stuff happen. I mean, the Kirkwood cam, I don't know if you've gone back and watched it on TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like messing around with his visor. <laughs> and there's like sparks flying right next uh-huh. to his face. I don't know. There's some crazy stuff happening there, man. So I, the red flags felt very legit to me. Um, well, and I do think so. I mean, we've got to talk about the tire and we can punt that discussion a little bit down the road. If, yeah, we want, yeah. if there's some other things we want to talk about, but I guess whatever, let's talk about it now. Cause I'm going to bring out the majority of it anyway, but I feel like that red flag, that particular wreck, I don't think that wreck was bad enough to warrant a red flag on its own. Like two car wrecks with 15 laps to go. They can clean that up if they're really, really booking because mm-hmm. no one was hurt. If they're really booking, they can clean that up in probably 10 laps. Yeah. We get five laps to go. If that tire doesn't go out of the track, if that doesn't go over the fence, I don't know if they red flagged that. And I think that's why they red flagged it is because they had to make sure that no one got hit by the tire. Yeah, I think it's totally fair. And th- like, I, I was texting with a friend of ours during the race because he was watching at home and I I was telling him like in the crowd, they didn't, you know, on the PA, they didn't mention the tire one time. Like you could see it in the replay or if you yeah. were watching, watching on the screen live, you could mm-hmm. see it go, it, but they didn't mention it. They kind of just like let it go and so we were all like oh my god did, did that someone okay crowd? did someone yeah. die like what happened and i found out well there was another guy behind me like yelling hit a car in the parking lot hit a car in the parking lot and then like my buddy was texting me and said, oh yeah they're you know they're talking about it on the tv um and like it clearly didn't go into the stands which was a, obviously a very yeah yeah it would have been very very bad um but I think they just needed to stop and just make sure because even if it didn't go into the stands, like there could still be people walking around out there. Oh yeah. And it's a bad look. Like anytime yeah. someone gets hurt and you don't, you know, you just continue on. Like it's nothing that is just, re- that is like PR. Like that, yes. that's a PR nightmare. Vince McMahon knows that from WWE many yeah. times, but uh, <laughs> or not, sorry, not WWE uh, wrestling fans are losing it. Uh, but I yeah. know nothing about wrestling, so I don't. I know limited amounts, uh, but you know Vince McMahon, uh, definitely a shady character. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I mean I can understand why they would red flag it there. So, are you mm-hmm. saying the other ones, uh, the well, paddle it, crash? Uh, it almost like set a precedent that yeah, you know we're gonna red flag it, and I don't know if anyone would like come out right and say that that's why they threw the red flag on that first wreck. Um, but I have a sneaking suspicion that that's why. And then like, if you're going to red flag it with 15 laps left, you kind of got a red flag it with eight laps left. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, can't let it go yeah. after that. So that's kind of how I feel like they ended up in this situation. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it was the, best decision they could have made to red flag it and go to green immediately out of the pits as as someone sorry sorry no no as someone who's coming from in from f1 as an f1 fan like 
I feel like I see red flags all the time for like the most baby, baby shit, you know? Yeah. Um, and I got in a conversation with some F1 fans, uh, and who were friends of mine about this. And they're like, you know, we, Hey, we actually have more red flags. And I'm like, well, I guess I just don't understand <laughs> the <laughs> circumstances of when it should be yellow and when it should be red in both, uh, in both forms of racing, you know? Uh, typically it's like if the track is impassable, like mm-hmm. if they physically cannot get cars through, um, or if there's some sort of damage to the track that needs to be repaired, like there have been occasions where like guys get up into the catch fence, like Pocono, for example, um, guys get up into the catch fence and they have to repair a literal hole in the catch fence. Um, Sometimes like there was a year at Detroit where asphalt was coming up (laughs) and so they red flagged it to, you know, try and repair the asphalt Um, or rain. Rain is the most common. Oh yeah. Yeah. Instance. But um, I think it was like 2014 at the Indy 500. Um, And I remember that because I'm pretty sure Kurt Busch was running and he was like parked directly across from us in the pits during this red flag. And that was the year Ryan Hunter Ray won and him and Elliot were kind of duking it out. Um, but I'm pretty sure they threw the red flag. I cannot for the life of me, remember what happened that caused them to throw the red flag for that. Um, but that kind of set a new precedent that they were going to try to do what they could to make sure it finished under green. Because I mean, like everyone wants to see it finish under green. I want to see it finish under green. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do. I'm sure yeah. everyone in the stands wanted to see it, other than Marcus Erickson fans, <laughs> wanted to see it finish under green. Um, so like I appreciate that as a fan that they're like trying to make it as exciting and memorable as possible. It does kind of suck. I, I've seen plenty of yellow flag finishes at the 500. It does kind of suck when it. Yeah. Because it's you're so excited. It gets so built up. You know, the pressure is mounting for two and a half hours and you're getting close and you're like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Can any, you know, someone's out in front. Can anyone catch him? Like, who's going to th- these last 10 years or so? It's been, you know, who's going to be in front? Like, who's going to be second? with one lap to go who's you know can they get the pass done in time that kind of stuff um so like it is i don't know i'm kind of torn on it because it isn't like totally pure racing and like in the 70s or whatever they would have ran like 60 yellow flag laps if they had to (laughs) you know what i mean because it was just we're gonna go 500 miles and that's what you know that's how it goes so that's that's like a pure pure form of racing to you is is like when it's just a strict well, because I mean, like, cause I, it's like what happens happens. You know what I mean? Like, there's no intervention by the governing body. body. Yeah. yeah, whoever. Like, it's just what happened. And if you're in front when the yellow comes out, like, good for you. You put yourself in that spot to to win if the yellow came out. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, well, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. I don't like. I don't. I don't have any. There's some like cheap ways to do it, like when it rains, for example, like if guys stay out and, you know, there's a good trivia question is like who won in Houston in 2015 or whatever. And it's like Carlos Huertas who like 
ran like six races, but it was because he was out in front when it rained and they ended the race. Yeah. See, that seems not pure to me. Uh, I feel but like they played it right. They played it right. They played the strategy. They made the right calls to be at front when it rained. Like they did. There's a they didn't bit win of on luck that pace. goes into that. Though. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I mean, all right. There's luck in all forms of racing. I mean, Joseph Newgarden did not have the fastest car this this weekend. He absolutely no. did not. No, I agree. And there is I, the 500 is you. You have to be lucky to win the Indy 500. You absolutely have to be lucky because so much as we clearly, as we can see, is evidenced by this year. So much can happen to the fastest cars on the track. It, I mean, there's countless examples of that. Countless. Like, I, I think about 99, because that was kind of one of the first 500s that I really remember. And Greg Ray um, wasn't on pole. Was he on pole? I can't remember. Greg Ray was leading. He, I mean, oh, Ari Leyendijk was on pole in 99. Um, but Greg Ray, I mean, Team Menard was one of the cars to beat, and he got wrecked on pit road. That was it. He was out of it. And Kenny Brack went on to win. And Kenny Brack, I mean, Kenny Brack was a great driver. He's known for winning the 99 Indy 500. Like, he wasn't, yeah. he wasn't the greatest driver of all time. To, to, to counter that, though, because people say people bring this up in other sports, too, where it's like, oh, you know, they got lucky. Things went their way. The wind was blowing out, whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like it is you can't you can't limit it to luck. It the, That person has to execute on so many different. Oh, things. absolutely. I'm not even like I don't want to even bring up. It feels dirty to bring up luck in talking about sports because you have to put yourself in the position. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I mean, like the slowest car is not going to win the Indy 500 based purely on luck. I mean, I, it was probably lap 75 or like around lap 100. I I said to Olivia sitting there in the stands, I said, like, Joseph Newgarden seems like he's the only guy who can pass anyone right now. Mm -hmm. And so, like, he clearly was moving, making his way through the field. Another guy, for for example, Colton Herta. Colton Herta was probably the only Colton Herta and Kyle Kirkwood actually. And Joseph Newgarden were the only cars from like the mid to back portion of the field that moved their way up yeah. that could pass cars. And as we saw Colton Herta, Kyle Kirkwood <laughs> did not have great luck <laughs> <laughs> or someone, you know, for in Colton's case that, you know, People need to signal a little bit better. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was. Uh, can we talk about pit lane a little bit? Because that's uh, your your seats are there. Uh, yeah. First off, and that's well, where I. I hold on, I, I want to oh, finish okay. my thought here. But okay, okay. Because it's you. There is so much outside of what you can control that goes into winning this race. Because there's also 32 other cars that you have no control over. You can't. You can't do anything about it other than hope that you're faster than them. But that that's life, though, in general. Like, you can't control other people, too. You know, you just go. I know, but if, uh, if but you someone, can't control yourself, if someone's better than you that day, you're not going to win. And that's just how it goes. You know, and something might happen that puts them out. That, well, then they're not better than you. See, that's the argument. 
if it if doesn't matter, happened, I don't care who's better or who's not. I, I care who <laughs> won the race. I'm just saying, if you're saying someone is better than you and that's just why they won, like, sure, I can understand that. But like, this feels like a really weird way to argue because it's so theoretical. Uh, but like, you executing need to be like you you need to reward yourself for that you know yeah well and joseph newgarden executed because i mean the the luck doesn't purely win you the race luck puts you in position to win the race and and joseph newgarden i mean and also marcus erickson also you know he was a benefactor from the negative things that happened i mean alex plow and felix rosenquist and Pato, i think were the three cards to beat yep I think not VK. <laughs> I don't know. He went out a little too early. Well, we'll get into the pit yeah. road stuff, but he went out a little too early, I think, to really be able to tell. Cause at that point, everyone was still just fuel saving when he went out. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I mean, Pelo drove through the field. Pelo, absolutely, without a doubt. Yeah. Would have been was, there. I agree. Pelo yeah. was the car to beat. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I don't think anyone agree. would argue with us on yep. that at all. <laughs> but, like Marcus Erickson and Joseph Newgarden and Santino, which I, I don't, I want to talk about Santino, but I also don't want to talk about Santino. Um, but like they were in in the top three spots at that last restart because Pato, Blow, Rosenquist, Herda, Kirkwood, they were all out of it. And who knows how things would have gotten mixed up if they were all still contenders in those last 10 laps. So I don't know. To quote from my Gen Z brethren, uh, all the guys who went out, they need to get good. Um, that's all I can say. You know? That's a, that's the thing in the golf world is, is if you don't make the cut, you need to play better. Yeah. Sorry, boss. Yeah. You know, Shit don't uh, get out of VK's way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say to blow. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about the pit road stuff. I mean, what it. Is it is a relatively new fan? What what do you make of us like thirty three cars on that very very narrow very very narrow pit road? Does that seem insane to you? Pretty much, yeah. Especially seeing it in person the weekend before, like it is it is short. <laughs> it yeah. is shorter than it looks. Yeah, and it is very narrow. Um, and like unlike I feel like uh, I feel like the F one pits are they're a little bit safer. Uh, you know, like these are just, I would um, 1000% disagree. <laughs> really? You, you think the F1 pits are, are more dangerous at any point in time. There's like 90 people just standing in, in the middle of pit road. There's people like walking back and forth across. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. 1000% IndyCar pit boxes are way safer. I just or feel like, lanes. I just feel like there's more stuff going on in IndyCar pit lanes. Um, like there's cars coming in, coming out and like, I mean, well, yeah, you have fewer cars in F1. Yeah. That's kind of part of it. Uh, it's just a madness to keep track of. Um, but you have like 90 more people per car (laughs) on pit lane and in F1 than you do in IndyCar. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I just, I don't know. I just feel like it. Maybe it was just because there were so many crashes in pit lane during this race yeah well there's always it seems like there's always at least one at the 500 but there's like 
what was there like four or five this time around? Well, let's see. So you had Catherine Lag who almost took out someone's front right tire changer. Yeah. <laughs> no, or was that Lungard? Uh, well, I think they both did actually. Okay. That was, Leg was like burning out after yep. her stop and almost took a guy out, kind of a little, a couple boxes down, which would have been very, very bad. Um, Lungard almost turned, I think it was Harvey's box. He almost turned into Harvey's box and then like bailed at the last second. He should have just pulled all the way through. And he, really he hit what the he tire. Been. Yeah. Um, Herta Grosjean, VK Polo. Was there anything else? Which VK almost hit Will Power too. I don't know if <laughs> you noticed that, or maybe it wasn't Will Power. I don't know. He almost hit someone coming out of the box too. There might be one more. I don't know, but that's four. So we we hit the mark. Yeah. Um, it's it, it was way too many for me to keep track of. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just felt like pit lane was insane. What was it like being there in person? Well, the the, the VK Pillow thing was directly in front of us. Um. And it, it's not the first time. There's 2008, I think. No, it was after that. Maybe two. I can't remember. One year, it, Ryan Briscoe and Danica Patrick collided on pit lane. And it was Ryan Briscoe's fault. And it knocked. Danica broke a toe link or something. So she was out of the race after that. And she was like marching down pit road to go talk to Ryan Briscoe. Um, that was pretty wild. That was kind of as crazy as I've ever seen. Um, there's all, there's also been plenty of fires. So I, like, I feel like in, in terms of like actual incident, it was pretty tame. Um, in terms of what's going on in the race, it was kind of nuts because you knew immediately you were like, this just changed the entire thing. Yeah. The entire right. race, like the top car is out were so like this is this turned into a lottery basically it's kind of how i felt yeah because i at that point i was like well is this felix is this his race now like who's gonna win this thing because plo is out mm-hmm. and obviously as it turned out plo wasn't like totally out of it but yeah what he where did he end up finishing like eighth fourth fourth wow yeah and he got chopped by santino on that last restart yeah like chopped hard so he could have had a top three finish. And I mean, if things hadn't, you know, if the restarts hadn't played out the way they did, who knows? Yeah. Like maybe it could have driven all the way back. <laughs> who knows? But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's fun. It's like a cool, it's old school. You could probably argue that it's a little unsafe, <laughs> but it, like it matters in this race, it really does. Well, I mean, it should be unsafe. I mean, that's part of the excitement. I these guys are getting in a jet engine with a barely a seat, <laughs> <laughs> and then flying around a racetrack. Of course, it's dangerous. Well, yeah, but I mean, like the pit lane specifically. Like they could probably make it a little safer. <laughs> well, probably, like if know? it was a little wider, you know, like. Eh. I, can I keep know. make it smaller. That's what I think they should do. You should know. make it one lane. One lane. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would. I don't know if that would go too well. No, nah, yeah. it was. It was probably one of the most exciting pit lanes that I've ever watched. Um, in terms of like the action, a lot of action happening there, and it wasn't like strategy based. It was like, oh crap, this person's race just got messed up. Yeah. Uh, so 
Well, you know, it, def- it is one argument for closing the pits because you don't get that when the pits are open all the time. Like as soon as the yellow falls, people are going to come in and pit and they're not all going to be just crammed into the, in, into pit lane at one time, which yeah. obviously creates situations like this and the excitement, which I'm, I'm all for, I think it's so cool. Yeah. It, I did like the, uh, the visual that IndyCar had of the, uh, like if four people were in the pit at the same mm-hmm. time, they would have show all four cams mm-hmm. then show the pit lane and then show, uh, stops up top. It was really good visual, something that they don't, you, I mean, I sent that to you and you're like, yeah, they, they, they used to do that a lot. <laughs> I've, I've never seen it until now. So, well, I feel like they don't have there. It used to be there. It seemed like there used to be way more like full field yellow flag pit stops. And it doesn't seem like they happen as much anymore. And like even the 500, as many yellows as there were, as there were, that was the only one that I can think of. I mean, maybe there was another point where like a decent chunk of the field came in, but it wasn't like all the leaders, the leaders stayed out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that used to be like a really common thing they would have. It used to be like, typically it would be three cars on the left side of the screen. And then it would be just the long shot of pit lane on the right. Kind of mm-hmm. like how it was this last time. Um, or the, in this one particular instance this weekend. Um, and it is cool. Like seeing kind of like the, the timers there and, and people, you know, when they're pulling out, when they're pulling in, who's coming in first and everything. Um, I did like the little diagram at the top. That's new. I don't think I've seen that before. At least on an IndyCar broadcast. But yeah, no, no, give me more of that, please. Uh, yeah, because I agree. It, it's a it's a heck of a lot better than uh, picture in picture <laughs> with an advertisement uh, <laughs> taking up half the screen. So that is true. Um. um Marcus Erickson, we didn't, we haven't really talked about him too much. Uh, do you, did he get screwed? He was kind of, I don't know if you saw anything after like any of the interviews after the race. He I think he's not. Thinks, yeah, of course not. <laughs> I, I feel like he thinks he got screwed. Uh, you know, the race was really damn close and he beat new garden out except for that last lap. Um, yeah, but you know, like we said, you got to get good, man. Uh, <laughs> like, you just got to be better in that last that last corner. Yeah. Well, I, I the way I feel about it is that yeah, I mean, it's probably not super fair, but I mean, the same thing happened to Newgarden, and like, because he was leading at the restart, or he was leading when the pato crash happened. And they threw the red flag after that, you know, in 1987, they're not throwing the red flag there. They're going to probably run it out under yellow and Joseph Newgarden wins. Yeah. So he kind of got screwed. Ultimately, he got unscrewed, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I mean, Erickson shouldn't feel bad, though, either. He took second. Like, he still did really, really well. Yeah. So and for how young he is. I think like because he's he's got to be like what twenty four or something twenty five. Oh no, he's way older than that. Is he? I guess he. Yeah, wasn't he F1. ran. He ran like five years F one. I think five he's, years. Wow, he's thirty two. He ran. Yeah, five years. He's just got that baby face, you know. Does 
those uh, Scandinavians. They look young. Um, <laughs> yeah, five years. Well, color color me purple. <laughs> I brought yeah. I brought all this the southern sayings. Uh, is that a southern saying? I don't know. But, I don't know. I think if um, you say anything with a southern accent, you could just a couple of random nouns. It'll work out. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll start doing that. You know. Um, maybe not live on the air. I'm. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm we'll work- to, like make we'll, one up. We'll workshop it. Um. So. <laughs> One, I had a couple questions for you about being at the uh, at the race itself. Yeah. How, first off, how was entering? No, oh, it was seamless, easier than ever. Did you guys park in the middle though, or uh, the, uh... we park in lot two, which okay. is directly across from the pagoda, um, on the opposite side of Georgetown, because we sit in stand A, um, which is at the very very south end of the front stretch. It's directly across from. The first handful of pit boxes were stand three, which is directly across from the like the first pit box. So we were directly across from Alex Pillow. Um And it's right where, if, for people who've been, it's right where the track, op- they open the track before the race for you to walk across. It's right there. Um, but yeah, it was... It was great because you didn't, you didn't have to open up your coolers and your backpacks and stuff for them to like with their little drumstick thing (laughs) you know um yeah it was super easy they didn't even like check for glass or anything not that i would bring in any glass but um yeah it was seamless it was great so then second question did your dad get tony canon's autograph he did not oh my god no he was there on carb day he went back carb day um I can't if, remember. He got... If you didn't listen to all of our last podcast, that's totally fine. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, if you tapped out after like twenty minutes, I get it. Yeah, but I, I had a, I, I got long story short, I got snubbed by Tony Kanan. Yeah. Uh I was right there waiting with the with the pen. It was already, you know, the cap was already off. He could have just scribbled this little. I don't even care if it didn't don't look right. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, yeah. we would have gotten your dad, Tony's, Tony's auto, but you know what? He's going to be around. I, I got a feeling, oh, yeah. uh, he's not, he might be retiring, but he's not going anywhere. He, he's going to be around and he's not going to have a car to drive. So he's going to be able to devote, devote all of his time to schmoozing with fans. Yeah. Which I think is what he really wants out of life. <laughs> yeah. He's going to rent the penthouse at the top of the pagoda and <laughs> he's going to live there. For all of May. Yeah. So, yeah, my dad had plenty of plenty of chances to get Tony Kanata. Just would have been a little bit more special. Yeah. He got a couple more on Carb Day. I can't remember who he, who he got. But, yeah, a couple more. Uh, and then, oh, I think Connor Daly. I think he got Connor Daly. Oh, well, that's good. It's a good one. I think he got, I think he got Grosjean's autograph on um, for my sister on her hat. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you know, think, your sister a big Grosjean fan? I don't think so. Yeah. She just likes autographs also. Oh, okay. I was gonna say we should have her on. We could do good out. Um <laughs> uh, you would win, Tyler. You would win. And I would back you up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
another question that I like I like to ask people this. Uh mm-hmm. do you smell anything specific? Oh, you can I mean you can smell like the fumes. Yeah. Like well where you're sitting, yeah. I can see the that. exhaust. I mean, sometimes you can smell the rubber too, just the, the smoke if they're peeling out of the pits or whatever. Um a lot of like dried beer smells depending on where you go. Um who's sitting next to you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's great being out like out on the concourse, you know, you get with uh, hot dogs and burgers and, you know, the big old turkey legs, that kind of stuff. It, from a sensory standpoint, it is a delight. I love it. And I'm the, I'm the type of person that gets like sensory overload at times, you know, mm-hmm. never is the 500 made me feel that that way like yeah if i'm in a room and there's a lot of people talking i'll get like i can't handle this this is too much for me mm-hmm. at the indy 500 you have three hundred and thirty thousand people you have 33 cars driving by you at 220 miles an hour people yelling and screaming and whoever you're with is yelling in your ear because you're trying to talk to them and it's hot and you're sweaty and you're sticky from the sunscreen. All, just every feeling you can have, you have at the Indianapolis 500 and it never gets old. I love it. I love that you love it. Um, it's, it's the best sporting event in the world. I will never. There's nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. Well, I, it's good to put myself there, you know, smell mm-hmm. that. I can imagine stickiness of the sunscreen especially on my bald head um and you mentioned they're flying by at 220 miles an hour is that a fact because uh i feel like during the broadcast they really didn't bring up speed at all and you mentioned that they were lifting uh oh at the end of the race they're absolutely doing 220 at the end of the straightaway well i can definitely see that at the end but like because i mean a lot of of, like like, the average lap speeds are like 215 mm -hmm. 219 you know and okay. they, they turned on the boost. So for qualifying weekend, they turned the boost up on the turbos. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're going faster. Um, and then they turn it back down for the race. So that's that's why they're not going 240 and they're not running 230, whatever, mile an hour laps. Um, but yeah, they're absolutely doing 220 at the end of the straightaway. Okay. That, it just would have been nice to know. Uh, from my end i feel like they flash the telemetry stuff quite a bit if they're on an onboard they typically show how fast they're going yeah they might have something because they typically you know the tower the scoring tower yeah yeah yeah. on the bottom of that they typically where it cuts off where it scrolls i think they have the top 15 and then it scrolls through 16 to whatever in this case 33 that could be. You replace that with like a headshot and then the telemetry, and it's like throttle, brake, miles an hour. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe I am just being a bad fan. Although, sounds like you just weren't paying enough attention. Excuse me. Um. <laughs> certainly possible, but uh, you know, how dare you? Maybe, maybe they should make it a little bit more apparent. Um. I. You know what? I kind of agree with that. If. If they were plastering it on the center of the screen that they were doing 200 and whatever miles an hour, I think people would be like, wow. Yeah, I think so. Kinda, yeah. The, the plebeians like myself don't really, you know, 
have a concept of what that is. <laughs> so, well, you, uh, you do now, right? I do now. I do now. But, you know, for many people watching at home, uh, you know, yeah. or the people in Canada or, you know, wherever else they are. Do we need to convert for our Canadian friends? Yeah, to kilometers. I, um, I have no clue. It's over 300 something. Yeah, well, you know, th- we, we'll leave that to them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not our problem. Yeah. This is America. <laughs> we're in America. They you can, can, you can, they can speak yourself. American. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do the math. <laughs> we, we, I, I was doing enough of that with like F1. So um, figure it out. It's, I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week or not, but like, did it seem faster to you in, in person than you? Yeah. than like you thought it would seem. Uh, you know, I, like when when we went down into the short shoot and we're yeah. sticking it right up against the fence, did that seem faster than you thought it would? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. You know, it's like <laughs> it's hard for me to be because I I went in there knowing they're going to be going fast, mm-hmm. but when I think back to it and I'm like, you know, I drove eleven hours home at 70, 80 miles an hour, <laughs> and that's uh, how fast they're going on pit lane. Yeah, <laughs> and they're and I think about like okay. I remember turning my head and I remember thinking to myself, like, you know, they could go from like Chicago to to Indianapolis in like an hour. Yeah. That's pretty pretty damn fast. So you I'm almost positive in your everyday life you've never seen a car going faster than 120 miles an hour. The fastest no, car no. you've ever seen on the highway <laughs> is going a hundred miles an hour slower than Cars were going into turn one this weekend, which is 20 miles an hour slower than they were going into turn one last weekend. <laughs> like, it's impossible to comprehend until you see it, I feel yeah. like. Yeah, no, no, I could definitely understand that. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll never forget because it was, you know, Catherine Legg uh, that we were watching when we were over That's there. That's true. Uh, so she, well, so they she wasn't going 20 miles an hour faster then. <laughs> but, all right. The we semantics. don't need to get into that. Yeah. We don't need to get into that. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, so, uh, what else do you want to talk about? You know, uh, I, one thing I, I had a question, you know, is it rigged? I, who's to say? I mean, I think that's a question for someone with more, with more uh, investigative skills sure. than us. There, for sure. There could be some grand conspiracy out there, for all I know. I mean, Roger Penske is a very powerful guy. Yeah, and it worked and, out for New Garden. Yeah, well, and I got to say, sitting up at the top of the pagoda mm-hmm. does not help that image of him like <laughs> pulling the strings <laughs> up at the top of his from his you know his perch. Yeah, and he's gonna be <laughs> observing. The guy. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna say, drivers, start your engines today because my team's gonna win. <laughs> I mean, you work for you work for and you work with enough of these rich guys. Uh, they uh, kind of understand how they operate. So maybe, maybe there's someone out there, you know, at Vice. Uh, maybe that's why uh, Vice is bankrupt. Who knows? We don't need to get into this. Um, but it's something that crossed my mind, and I'm sure it's crossing a lot of Erickson fans' minds. Uh, I don't think it is rigged, but no one thought wrestling was rigged until like, you know, the eighties. <laughs> this is the most I've ever talked about wrestling. 
I've been doing a lot of research lately. So, um, yeah. did people really think it was like real until the eighties? I think part of it was real. Um, I don't know. We don't even get into that. Did I, you see they're going to let people bet on that now? On wrestling? Yeah. Yikes. Unscripted. Yeah. Well, uh, to be fair, sometimes I think it goes off script. So, because there is an element of realness. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, also, we should apologize to anyone who just totally had their <laughs> their four year old in the back seat of the car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to all our WWE fans out there. Well, I, we apologize. But but to be fair to to the four year old in the back of the car, sometimes they do things they are not supposed to do, and uh, the commentators and the refs just roll with it. So it is sort of an element of realness. And sometimes you know, like uh, real stuff happens in the ring. Yeah, uh, someone breaks a leg. That's obviously not in the script. Yeah, quads <laughs> get blown out, uh, and people die sometimes. So it is real in that sense. Um. So, so, so who's to say IndyCar is any different? Exactly. Right now, I don't know. Um, the truth is out there, Tyler. I'll find it. Oh, <laughs> I'm going straight to the top with Tony Kanon. I want to believe. Um. So, I mean, in terms of watching on TV versus being there in person, because you know, I was there. Yeah, last last weekend it was uh, less exciting for sure, but yeah. also kind of better because I can actually watch uh, what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, if that makes sense, I feel like the perfect perfect situation is the Wi Fi works at at the park. I am uh, sorry, Ugh, I had a frog in my throat there, uh, and I can watch it on my phone, and then I can watch them come around. But I also don't want to be that guy. You know, well, I mean, they have the screens and the screens do a pretty good job. My mm. one complaint about the, the screens is that they pretty much limit the onboards to like the. The sponsors that have like paid to have an onboard. Mm-hmm. And so they'll spend a lot of time on like someone's. Uh, that was it was like that at the Gallagher Grand Prix last year, too. They spent a lot of time on Colton Herta's on board and Colton Herta was not really in contention for the win. Yeah. And we were missing stuff. And I think it was just to get the it was the about the activation, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for the sponsor more than what was useful information for the crowd. And sometimes that gets in the way of what's, you know, what you're seeing. Um. But the P they did for a hundred percent of the pre race it was like too much, but they did jack up the PA. I don't know if you noticed how loud it was at, at time trials last weekend. Yeah, yeah. It's not uh it seemed louder than it has in a long time. And I, I, I could totally see that. Um were they I mean, bumping they, in crowd noise too? <laughs> The Sox do that. White Sox no, do that. They were not um, pumping in crowd noise. <laughs> yeah. There isn't really like a crowd noise aspect. I mean, you hear it when like it like critical points mm-hmm. in the race or like when someone takes a lead that's kind of a popular pick or, you know, like Tony Kanaan. Anytime he's ever taken the lead at the 500, people go nuts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely not pumping in any crowd noise. 
Interesting. <laughs> I mean, it feels like they wouldn't need to. It was cool seeing the grandstands filled, like in comparison to when I was there, and they just had the tarps over them. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see that in person. I would like to see the traffic in person. Um, the thing that I've always said about the five hundred is that it's the most people you've ever seen in one place in your entire life. Like you, yeah. like it almost doesn't seem real when you go. Yeah. And like right before the race starts and the, the stands are like absolutely full. It does not look real. Um, and that's part of what makes it so much fun is that you feel like you do feel like you're a part of something just massive. Like you do get that sense. And that also makes it feel so much more important and so much more exciting that all of these people are there to witness this thing. And you're one of those people. Like it must be important. And like, Everyone reacting to what's going on makes mm-hmm. you more excited, makes your reactions bigger and more authentic, you know? Oh, Maybe for not sure. necessarily authentic because you might just be like, oh, yeah, I know what you mean, though. Like, you're still excited. It's still getting the average yes. person out. Like, that's how I feel about playoff games. Yes. Um, it's like, not everyone here might be a hardcore fan. But you're still here because you know it's an important historical moment. Yes. Versus the Gallagher Grand Prix where, you know, it's like us. <laughs> and like, you know, a couple, <laughs> yeah. couple other hundred, maybe a couple thousand people. Just some people hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Watching the cars go by. Well, and I, I still, to this day, like back home again in Indiana, they, you know, Roger Penske now comes up start your engines. I get goosebumps. And at the end of the race, I'm I try, you know, I'm trying to be like, all right, I'm a grown man. <laughs> like <laughs> trying to be cool. Like oh, I get it. I get it. You know. I've cried to the Pirates of the Caribbean theme song because the White Sox used to play it before their games. <laughs> um that's but an interesting choice. But we it was 2005. It was a different time. Yeah. Um right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's irrelevant but hey but, i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's better than uh sweet home indiana or whatever uh back home again in indiana yeah i, I you take that back I, I, people might be pissed the pirates that. of the caribbean no but back home again in indiana it's so, with the trees and uh and what else uh i mean they had the whole video of the driver singing it um next week i'm gonna make you sing it on the podcast. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh you know, I don't I don't really know how it goes. Uh but I'll, you know, I'll give it a shot. I know all the words. It would would you like to sing it for us right now? I would not. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Jim Cornelson. You know, I know Jim Cornelson. I know Jim. Me and Jim from the it's, Hawks. It's such a good like is someone who's not from Indiana, but has had like a lifelong connection to Indiana. I, my dad is, you know, born and raised Hoosier. We would come back, to, back, back to Indiana, probably back home to Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> we would come back like 
at least once a month, probably when I was a kid and, you know, pulling up to you know, seeing the, the, you know, which they just changed, by the way, the, the Indiana welcome to Indiana sign travesty. Um, it looks like shit now. I thought it looked okay. <laughs> That's yeah. We did talk about that. We, yeah. We? You and I, at least uh, off air talked about that. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to Indiana sign on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I I have a strong emotional connection to the state of Indiana because I spent so much time here as a kid and I don't know it gets me like it gets not I wouldn't say emotional but like it it, it gets me sentimental I guess I can understand that I and it's all it's wrapped in with you know being you know going to see my grandparents and summers in Indiana and all of that and then coming down to the race and time trials and like spending time with my family and everything like it, it's all of that mm-hmm. and that makes it so much more special than like just god bless america you know here's an sr 71 flying overhead yeah and then the national anthem whatever i mean i can understand what you're saying i i was born in indiana uh certainly uh, you know i was raised 15 minutes from the border for the first 10 years of my life yeah we'd go over there all the time southern illinois central illinois kind of feels like indiana uh and i was getting those vibes when i was out there last week uh something about concrete and weeds uh really sticks back (laughs) (laughs) into the back of my brain scratches some sort of itch for whatever reason um but most of the time, I'm when I think about Indiana, I'm, I'm thinking about how fast can I get through, uh, and I'm thinking where can I stop, and that's the difference between <laughs> me and you, Tyler. <laughs> well, I, I don't have these connections to Indianapolis Motor Speedway and stuff, and maybe over the years, you know, as you as you make your roots there, uh, and I come down for these things. Uh, well, yeah, you have to come to the race, and well, when yeah. you, when you're there and you see it in person and are there i mean everyone everyone around you is singing and it's like the seventh inning stretch yeah yeah it's but it's different because it's also the anticipation Mm -hmm. it's not just it's not it's not just like oh this is a cool thing everyone's doing together it's like this is a cool thing everyone's doing together and we're about to see the greatest thing we've ever seen in our entire lives (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so it's like in this thing we've been waiting all year for it's 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 really cool it's one of the best moments in sports in my opinion and it's way yeah. better than the fucking pirates of the caribbean <laughs> thing. i mean what hey. what are we even doing here what what are we talking about I'm pretty sure that's john williams sir uh Still. I wrong might not you know what i'm starting to uh i gotta i gotta look this up i gotta look it up <laughs> whether or not Hans Zimmer. Back, okay, you're back you're home forgetting. again. And whether or not back home and back home again in Indiana is better than the theme song for a Disney movie based <laughs> off a theme park ride. <laughs> what are we doing? We are. This is a waste of time. I'm waste glad you spent so much time on it. But like, you have to mention Indiana. I have to think about Indiana when I think about this race, uh, and in my experience there last week because it was uh, some. You know. Some things I expected, some things I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, and the the feelings and vibes I was getting. Uh, I will say, greatest thing about that that place, man, you can just bring that core beer in. 
Uh, you can also just like walk around with beer right outside. Yeah. Like no one can do anything about that. Yeah, no one cares. It's wild. Um, so you know, it's not all bad. Uh, if you're <laughs> like me, <laughs> no, it's it it's a great experience. Even and there's plenty of people. My my younger sister, um, her boyfriend came for the first time this year. He's not a racing fan. Never been a racing fan. Doesn't doesn't really enjoy watching on TV. Um, but he was like, yeah, I want to come back next year. So like, it's just the experience of being there and like knowing you're a part of this big event, I think is a draw for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's unlike anything else in the world. That's all like, I know like a, a Michigan football game or a Penn state football game where they get like a hundred thousand people and in those stadiums, like I'm sure that's a very cool experience, but like you, it's still just like a football game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I'm not a big football fan. Well, yeah, uh, in general. So, and I'm sure if, <laughs> if you went to a Michigan game, I'm sure you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's cool, you know, like, but it's not gonna be a game, it's, it's just a football game, you know, there's also 12 of them a year and. Yeah, or whatever, uh, whatever it is now, is it still 12 for college? Um, uh, I don't know, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, no, it's different, man. Uh, and it's 300, it's th- still three times the size. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, yeah, three times what's the absolute largest. I mean, you can also fit every Big Ten football stadium inside the confines of indianapolis motor speedway that that will change i think once usc and ucla join but that's a conversation for another time for another day for another yeah probably another person to be honest i'm not (laughs) (laughs) not good with Uh, that stuff do you want to get into the drivers well yeah we should talk a little bit about some of the other things that happened in the race yeah (laughs) as opposed to the race in broad general terms but um yeah i i wanted to talk about Pato and erickson um like is that i don't know if you saw Pato's comments both after the wreck and um at the at the banquet on monday night um uh for those who who didn't hear um Pato said on on sunday after the wreck that like next time he's coming with me or something to that effect um, and then on Monday, yeah, yeah that's right. Basically, told like said something about said he was being Joseph. too too nice. Yeah, like, being a nice guy. Yeah. Well, and then on Monday he said something to the effect of like he was very happy that Joseph won the race. <laughs> I think with the the implication that he would not have been happy had Marcus Erickson won the race. Um, but is that like a real rivalry now? Do you think? Does that? I, it feels like to me that's there's like actual bad blood there, especially after last year's 500. Well, I think Pato's just pissed at Erickson because I don't know if Erickson really has a reason to be pissed at Pato quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, agree. you know, if if Pato, you know, dives him or, you know, I'm glad that we're getting this, uh, you know, this reaction from Pato because mm-hmm. uh, I think he should be fighting for, you know, for his spot, mm-hmm. no matter where he is. And if you're going to crash, yeah, you might as well 
figure that guy out, you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what, that's, if, if I were in Pato's spot, that's exactly what I'd be saying to him. Like, that dude took me out of the most important race that I had, and I've got speed all year. I'm competing for a championship. Hell yeah, I should take him out. So, uh, yeah, I totally feel him from that point of view. And I maybe I just have a lot of anger in my life right now. Um, <laughs> but, and I don't really think it was Eric. I don't know if it, if there was if it was Erickson's fault, it was Pato's fault, uh, but you know, I, I think you should drive a little bit more competitively. Uh, I I have no issues with Mark like what Marcus Erickson did because it was kind of a late move. Pato it wasn't all the way like alongside. Maybe he squeezed them a little bit, but yeah, it's still Erickson's corner like. Pato is the one assuming the risk there. Yes. In that situation. And it did not pan out for Pato. And it's unfortunate for him, but that's the way it goes sometime. And after Long Beach, I don't have a ton of sympathy for him, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I he he did the exact same yeah. thing to Scott Dixon. Yeah, he definitely like, did. And uh, what what's the phrase? Sometimes you're the hammer. Sometimes you're the nail, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's how it goes sometimes. And he needs to deal with it. Frankly, he needs to get over it. <laughs> yeah. And he will, he will, I, you know, uh, it's anger's powerful motivator. And mm-hmm. I hope, hope that he turns that into, uh, you know, some wins because I'm, I am rooting for Pato. So Which, honestly, it's very surprising that he has not won yet this year. I think yeah. that's kind of the biggest surprise so far. Um, although I do have to say, and I feel like I brought this up before, I do feel like Pato has kind of accrued this kind of over exaggerated stature in the series is like a top driver. And yeah, he's been consistent and been towards the front, but he's only won like four races in his career. Yeah, Which, but what he's still young, and what more do you need than to be consistent towards the front? Well, yeah, but I mean, he's clearly in a top ride. Like McLaren is clearly uh, yeah. one of the better teams. Um, and but, he's not winning. Like he's not winning that much. I mean, also, look at Joseph Newgarden. I mean, he's won, he won five races last year. He's already won twice this year. He's won twice or like more. Then Pato's won in his entire career in the last two seasons. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's fair. But how, how old is Pato? Uh, he's very young. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I mean, he's got plenty of time. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at, for example, Joseph Newgarden. Like, Joseph Newgarden didn't come in and immediately get a ride with the best team. Yeah. Joseph Newgarden spent, I don't know. Five years, maybe? No, probably not five years. Three or know. four. I'd say give him a shot. You know, he's still being competitive. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, I, I think as IndyCar fans, we know that the driver matters more than the car. Uh, but the, the car certainly has an impact. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But uh, you can't say he's unskilled. If he goes to F1, though, he is unskilled and he should uh, rot in hell. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I just, I like, I don't think he, I'm not, I'm not trying to say like he can't be that driver, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he is yet at this point in, 
in time. I don't think he's as good as or is like fully developed as he's kind of being treated or is viewed as. Mm-hmm. Which again, I'm not saying that he can't be that. He's guy. got the fan base. I think that's what's important, and he's got the energy around the fan base. I think it's cool, man. I do. Um, I mean, I think he's ultimately like a good thing for the series because he's clearly connecting with a lot of people. But I just, I, I, I don't know if I take him seriously as like a championship threat. No, that's fair. I think that's a fair argument to have. Um, and until he wins, I don't think you can because mm-hmm. you gotta. <laughs> I mean. In most cases, you got to win at least one, right, to win a championship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm sure someone's done it without, and probably yeah. recently. But, uh, you know. Yeah. So uh, on the Felix, uh, you know, really good qualifier, uh, and uh, you know he he had a chance there for a moment mm-hmm. until until he didn't, uh, until he just decided to run into the wall. Um. What happened there? Did he get caught up in the... Was he like a Stingray Bob? <laughs> Stingray Bob? That's what I'm calling him now. Yeah. All right. He has to earn the Rob. <laughs> Rob is for is for adults. Sting, Stingray Robert. <laughs> um, wait, sorry. Ask that question again. How did Felix crash? What I can't oh, remember. Well, so Newgarden passed him. Uh-huh. Um, and he kind of, I think it was an outside pass and new garden kind of cut down in front of, of Felix and took all the air off his front wing and uh, yeah, kind of got right. high and hit the wall in the short. Yep. Shoot. I mean, was that like a dirty pat? Was that late to you? Did that seem late to you? I don't think it seemed late. Um, Felix has been around long enough. He should be able to anticipate that kind of stuff, yeah. especially if he has a good spotter, uh, yeah. You know, I, I you can't be doing that. You can't be getting caught in that situation mm-hmm. uh, when Thank you're me. when you're performing at that level w- with that team, yeah, and that car. Um, you know, and uh, is he is he choking too much? I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, well, I I saw a tweet from from Nick Yeoman, who is one of the IndyCar radio guys, mm-hmm. and he said something about like you know. When it counts, you can't put your money on Felix. And I I do feel like there's kind of something to that. Like, I mean, he won pole at Texas. He won pole at Texas last year. He was, I mean, granted, he still had like a, what, top five finish at, at the GMR Grand Prix this year. But like, you know, he was on the front row. He was on the pole there last year. He still only got that one career win. And I mean, this is kind of... <laughs> contradictory to what i was just saying but he's with mclaren he's one with one of the top teams he should be winning more races i feel like yeah and i i just feel like time and again and i want to defend him i want to like i want him to be in a top ride i want him to be in the series but it does feel like there's something to that like he's he can't pull it off when when it matters yeah i mean I don't know what to say. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people. You can only have one winner. Yeah. Uh, I I I like Felix a lot, uh, and he qualifies well. I think that'll get him pretty far uh, in terms of longevity. I think it has gotten him pretty far. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool to see him get some dubs. Uh, but I, the thing about thing about McLaren with a four car team is like, are you getting the best of the best? Uh, you know, you only have so many resources. They're putting all their resources into Pato. Uh, that much is clear. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting when Polo comes over next year. Yeah, and if they do go to four cars, and if they keep Felix, if four cars full time. If they do keep Felix, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, who is kind of the the odd man out, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, no, and I think they should really dive into that on, uh, you know, 100 Days to Indy, uh, which we won't cover here because I still got some catching up to do. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be cool to watch that having seen uh, the end of the race. And it sounds like they're continuing it on, which should be good. Uh, they're continuing it beyond just the Indy 500 and might get a second season or something like that. Sounded like they like want to do something with the footage they're getting. Like, I don't, I th- I, I there think was a Nathan getting, Brown article about it. They're getting a good start. response out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, like, I think racing fans are just watching it in general because people have a, you know, their curiosity about the sport. But where where to start is the big question, uh, and drive to survive is kind of at least laid some sort of path down. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's our uh, hundred days to any checkup, <laughs> and you know maybe we'll see some Felix in there. I hope yeah. we do. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, we should talk about Polo. Yeah, because um, obviously, like we mentioned earlier, he had the car to beat. I think it was his race to oh. lose. Yep. And unfortunately, he didn't lose it. Renus VK lost it for him. <laughs> um, I mean, was that like the best drive of the day? Do you think was it better than I mean, New- Joseph Newgarden started 16th, which is or sorry, 17th, which is the furthest back someone has ever won his one from since 2014. OK, which was Ryan Hunter Ray, who started 19th um, furthest back, I think is like 28th or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he, Paul certainly, he was, he was booking it. Uh, yeah. and I think, uh, if he, here's the thing, if he had booked it a little bit more, maybe he and VK aren't pitting at the same time. Um, well, it was yellow flag pit stops. <laughs> so he kind of <laughs> had to, he didn't really have a choice. Hey, I, I don't know. Figure it out. Get good. Uh, <laughs> story of the day. Uh, let's get good. But um, yeah. I mean, I I think you got to give it to Newgarden though. Newgarden had the better drive because he actually finished. Uh, and, well, Polo and finished. Polo was like finished last on the lead lap at the halfway point of the race and finished fourth. It, yeah, on like pure wrong. speed. It wasn't like a strategy thing. Like it was pure speed. He just don't, passed everyone. Don't get me wrong. The, but does Polo have you know three point zero seven million dollars in his pocket now? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear. I don't hear those. I don't hear those dollar bills singing. <laughs> I don't hear them. I hear them coming from New Garden's house. I hear them over there. Um, so I mean, that's all I can say is <laughs> put your money where your mouth is. And New yeah, Garden has a lot of totally money. Totally fair. That's totally <laughs> fair. Yeah, if he wanted, if he wanted to have had a more impressive drive than New Garden, he would have. He should have won. I get. But Polo, Polo, don't get me wrong. That was insane. It was. it was crazy. Uh just not good enough, unfortunately. 
Well, and again, he got to- he got totally chopped by Santino on that last yeah. restart. Yeah, so he absolutely could have finished third, if not second. Mm-hmm. So. And you know, I think uh, well, we'll probably we'll probably do damn well in the championship series. So, uh, yeah. if not, win it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I, at least this year, you know, he's got a real good car. Uh, yeah. Next year, who who knows what can happen. Yeah, we'll see. I I don't know what like how much merit there is to this, but um I heard that Lando there's like rumors that Lando's leaving McLaren and that Plo will get sent straight to F1. Gross. I don't know if you've heard that or not. But... Oh man. Uh I have not heard that. This is the first time hearing it. And okay. it's yeah, it is a little disturbing to me. Uh Especially because Lando kind of, it goes back to Danny Rick, who if you're, you know, if you're even remotely watching F1, you were a Danny Rick fan, um, or you should be, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he doesn't have a spot right now, and that, that spot arguably could have been his, uh, McLaren. Um, I'm not sure McLaren <laughs> would won. agree with you on that, but. Hey, hey, but I'm I'm just saying if they're gonna get rid of Lando in like all of two seconds, well, uh, I don't know if it's that they're gonna get rid of Lando. I think it's Lando's gonna leave. I think was that's I don't the, know where I don't know where he would go, but that, that's just like what like something. Okay, so Polo is an option for them. Uh, I see what's going on. I mean, he's definitely going to McLaren, whether it's an IndyCar or an F1 yeah. drive, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. I just wanted mm. to throw that out there and see if you'd heard that. And and it, okay. it worries me because I feel like you're a little more plugged into the F1 stuff than I am. So, yeah, well, you know, I've also been on vacation for a while. Uh, <laughs> True. And like I kind of unplug from everything that's not in front of me when I do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So. No, I get that. Well, yeah, I mean, I I was one of the thing I wanted to ask you about. I mean, Pelos had a last three years really since he moved to ganassi he's kind of like had either a really good chance to win or like probably the best car each of the last three years and he's over three when do you think he wins his first 500 if he wins a 500 do you think that like next year do you think like it's his race to lose if he goes to mclaren uh when was the last time McLaren won a 500? 1974. Yeah. So if he goes to McLaren <laughs> next year, I don't think he's going to win ever. Uh, well, I mean, McLaren was kind of the team to beat this year, though. That's the thing. Although we need to talk about Scott Dixon, too, because I also felt like, I mean, obviously things didn't pan out, but he still finished, what, like fifth or sixth? Yeah. Yeah. Sixth. And... I, I honestly thought after all the bad luck he's had at the end of races the past couple of years, I suppose the that will, 2021 wasn't the end of the race, but ha, like I I was for sure when he had to pit early with that bad vibration. Yeah, you were like, I was like, go. well, I was like, he's going to win now. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the year that he actually wins it because he had to just get way to the back early. Get it out. Yeah. And I was like, he's going to come all the way back the one year. Like he doesn't deserve it. 
it's gonna somehow shake out that he wins it. But sorry, the that was a tangent. But no, 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 it's not. It's not because uh, it it's Dixon and it pertains to you know Polo. Uh, I still think Polo. Uh, if he's you know maybe after his he's done with his time at McLaren, maybe he'll win a five hundred. But I, like you said, there's some weirdness. There's some luck. Maybe uh, you're also just a McLaren hater, kind of. Yeah, kind of. Um, I don't want him to win if he's <laughs> on that team. <laughs> so. What if Christian Lungard ends up in their fourth car next year? Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love Christian Lungard, but uh, well, I I appreciate your consistency. Yeah, but I mean, I say all this stuff, and I go and I meet these guys, and I'm really happy and excited. Uh. It's not like I hate them. I just don't want them to win because I like, uh, you know, I'm rooting for the underdog um, in most cases. Yeah. Yeah. You were pretty hyped up to get Pato's autograph. I was. So <laughs> giddy. <laughs> Sitting there waiting in line. Bunch of kids in front of me and stuff. I'm like, ah. Comes over to me. It's not, it's not even my autograph. It's your dad's. <laughs> uh, but you were still there. You got it. That was yeah. you met you. You were in his presence. Yeah, exactly. He, he looked you in the eye. Yeah, actually, I don't think he did. Um, which is another <laughs> another <laughs> another thing we could talk about off the air. Yeah. Uh, but John Reese Davies, Sala from uh, Indiana Jones, did look me in the eye uh, shortly after that. Another conversation for off the air. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've, I have no idea who you're talking about. Gimli? Lord of the Rings? Oh, man. He, wait. It's just, this, is, this is going downhill. Um, I'm not a Lord of the Rings guy either. You're, you're not a nothing guy. All right. Yeah, we'll take that offline. <laughs> um, we should probably talk about Santino. I really don't want to talk about Santino, but we probably I, should. I want to talk about Santino. All right, um, let's talk about Santino. Because why the why the heck is he in third? He's driving around in the the uh, red, white, and blue. Uh, I just where did this come from? Uh, uh, well, I mean, I think we talked. Did we talk about this? I can't remember. That felt like years ago that we talked about. I, I know qualifying, but um, I mean, he's got Michael Cannon on the stand now, which Michael Cannon is a great engineer. I feel like that went a long way towards their speed because Benjamin Peterson was in oh, the yeah. fast 12 yeah. and Benjamin Peterson has absolutely no business being in the fast 12. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> no, offen- no offense to him. Was he the fastest rookie this year? Right. He's the fastest rookie ever. Yeah. It was, the f- it was the fastest rookie qualifying time in the history, in the 107 year history of the Indianapolis 500. Um, which props to him. I mean, he got it done. But like, you know, not everyone has what just it takes to do that. Yeah, you can't plug someone into in. that. Yeah. But I mean, he's out of the full-time drivers this year, he's probably like been the worst. <laughs> Other than maybe Stingray. Like it's it's yeah, it's the two of them kind of fighting it out at the bottom of the heap, really. Yeah, um, Stingray needs to finish a race before he can 
qualify for anything. Um, yeah. Any sort of treatment. Yeah. Santino's but- love. I don't understand where that comes from. Um, I think a lot of it is that he drives for AJ Foyt. Yeah. Yeah. Probably that. Um, and that His was name some, too. Yeah. It's a fun name. Santino, it is a fun name. Santino it, yeah. Sounds exotic. Yeah. I mean, he sounds hundred percent Italian. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think he would be like trying to sell watches in like a plaza <laughs> in Naples? Santino Ferrucci. I can see that, you know. That seems like where he <laughs> should be. Yeah. Um he, he should be what are those called in Venice? The I can't remember what those are called. He should be paddling one of the gondola. Oh, yeah, yeah, got gondola thing. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I feel I like know. those guys have a specific name. Anyway. I don't know their name. I'm not cultured. I think part of it is that he's driving for AJ Foyt, which uh, obviously everyone that's at the Indianapolis 500 knows who AJ Foyt is. Um and also, I think part of it is that it was an American flag car. Probably. Yeah. I think that was a big, big part of it. The people that were sitting directly behind us were all about Santino, and it is because they put money on him. <laughs> well, he probably had a good price. Oh, he absolutely. He should yeah. not have been up there. No. Um, so I can understand that, too. Um, He did. The thing about Santino in this race and again i think it kind of came down to luck he was not the third fastest car no and he was able to kind of hang around because everyone was saving fuel the whole the whole race pretty much the first 170 laps everyone was saving fuel and that meant that he could kind of stick around and as soon as everyone tried to take off he quickly got shuffled down like right before the 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 Felix Kirkwood incident he was, I think he was maybe outside the top five at that point. He just kept getting shuffled back. People were passing him. He didn't have like that raw speed. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like qualifying, he had that one really good lap in in the fast 12 that put him P2. And then he dropped back a little bit in the fast six. Um, so I don't think, I think he just had one really good lap in qualifying. He had a good car, obviously. And like, I mean, I hate to say it. He's a good driver. He's not the best driver. I don't think he's. I like I think he barely got a car, didn't he? Yeah. Well, and I think there's some other factors in that that led to, you know, him kind of being out of the series for a couple of years. So what are those factors? If you don't mind, <laughs> I would like to know. <laughs> um, well, it's, it seems like he doesn't. Um, well, I don't know. It's hard. To, I'm not like an insider. I don't know what the what the yeah, deal is. Don't beat around the bush. Tell us the rumors. You know. Well, I mean, Graham Rahal kind of came out and said because he drove a couple. He ran a couple races for Rahal Letterman Lanigan. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of he wrecked a couple cars, and I think that kind of people were talking about him in the 45 in the high V car last year. Yeah. Everyone was expecting him to take over that seat and ended up going to Jack Harvey. Um, despite Santino having some good results in that car. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because he wrecked some race cars and I think he probably doesn't get along with a lot of the drivers in the series. Um, 
Greg Doyle for the Indianapolis Star wrote a really weird column about him last week before the race. Seems like he's friends with Felix, which is weird. I don't fully understand that. Um, but um, I think the general consensus among the paddock, I, I know like the Penske guys don't like him. Um, I know like Hinch and Rossi and a lot of those guys don't like him. Um, I think he's just kind of abrasive, I guess. Oh, yeah. He drives which, like that, too. So, well, yeah, he does. He he made some kind of questionable moves that I feel like got very glossed over mm-hmm. during the race. I mean, he was chopping a lot of people. At one point, he was like turning into Rossi when Rossi was on the backstretch, was like on the white line about yeah. to cross in the grass, and he was like turning into him, which is totally unnecessary. And then there was the stuff. I don't know if you noticed after the wreck, before the the red flag, after the, the Pato wreck, or no, after the... um the front the after that restart mm-hmm. back on the front stretch he came around and popped out and was like trying to contest erickson for the lead yes i remember seeing that and i was like what's going on yeah <laughs> i think i even uh hinch hinch and townsend were like what the heck yeah uh there's definitely comment about that yeah well and i saw people afterward like what is he doing like you're coming up to an accident why are you like yes r- trying to race someone under yellow um, which I think is kind of indicative of just his general demeanor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people don't like him. Um, and there's obviously his history free IndyCar, which I think he tries to be like, oh, I was a kid, you know, and I yeah, think yeah. a lot of people say that. But um, and for those who aren't familiar, he was essentially kicked out of Formula Two <laughs> <laughs> um, for several reasons. Um, I don't know. If, should we get into it? I mean, yeah, well, let's not beat around the bush. We don't have to be, you know, we don't have to take a side uh, yeah. necessarily. Well, well, yeah. So he but say what it is and, you know, you're bringing us politics into sports. Well, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's the whole thing with he tried to have like a Make America Great Again car, um, which was declined. And I think that came out after he was actually kind of kicked out of the series. Um he was fined, and I don't know if he was, if there was anything beyond that, but like having his phone in the cockpit while he was like going Driving. through the paddock. Yeah, which is kind of insane. Um, it, I, it doesn't sound like he was on his phone, but he like had it in his hand, which is still ridiculous. Um, and then he had a run in with his teammate where he like purposefully turned into him on track which is again, insane. Um, and then there's kind of some, they're kind of rumors about yeah. him. Um, being it, it, it's kind of like culturally you know, insensitive, I guess, to his Indian teammate. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's things, uh, each person can make up their own mind of, of what they think of Santino. Yeah. Um, and it's all right to have a different opinion. That's what we are. We're, different people of course we're gonna have different opinions yeah um but bringing i'm trying to bring any kind of politics into sports is not gonna fly um yeah you know that that's just like we go to this to get away <laughs> yeah um so stop <laughs> <laughs> you know uh and yeah. that, that's across the board for everyone um mm-hmm. 
you know uh and and i think that, that that's part of it uh that's at least from my perspective uh yeah no i totally agree it's just like i'm here to watch racing man uh <laughs> and and then also if you're being a uh, you know if you're driving into your teammates or recklessly uh looking at your phone while driving through the paddock that doesn't help when i'm looking at my <laughs> when i'm formulating my opinion of you yeah uh, but he could change that you know people change all the time and maybe he becomes a matures a little bit and becomes a really like good race car driver you know in yeah. whatever form of motorsport um well i do i do think it says a lot that despite being i mean clearly i mean he's got some good results like he's had some good showings here and there especially at the 500 Mm -hmm. um i do think it says a lot that despite that he still is driving for aj Foyt. yeah Foyt backs him you know yeah and that he can't get can't get like a, a top quality ride i think that i think that kind of speaks for itself i don't know mm-hmm. if we need to say a whole lot beyond that yeah um but i feel like that probably tells a little bit more about what you know the, the, what the current true, situation is yeah yes his true standing amongst his peers i suppose yeah but yeah but you know if you're a fan i go for it man yeah but you and me, we could have a conversation about yeah, well, and, about uh, what he's doing on the track. <laughs> I felt sucks. very conflicted because I want to see AJ Foyt do well because I mean he's yeah. str- like yeah. the team has struggled for a very long time. Like this is, is was their best finish. I mean, it was their best start starting position team wise since like two thousand one or something insane, mm-hmm. like over twenty years. Um, so I w- I was happy to to. Did you see them pan in on AJ Foyt? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's just yeah. sitting there like, oh my God, we could actually do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm more happy cool. for Larry Foyt than I am for AJ, actually, because Larry Foyt is AJ's son. And Larry Foyt was not a very good driver. He ran a couple <laughs> 500s. He struggled mightily. There's kind um, of a history of that, I feel like. The yeah. son not really living up to the uh, the, the father. Um, yeah, he's not the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. um, is, is that our segue into Marco? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, I, there's not a whole lot to say about Marco. He, I mean, he was just at the back the whole time. Yeah, yeah he was there, you know. Yeah, um, he participated. We had a good di- like drive. Hope he had fun. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about Marco. Yeah, we we should talk about Colton Herta though. Yeah, Herta's day ruined. Uh, yeah. You know, by his own team. Uh, it, it it hurt. It hurts extra, extra bad because yeah. Not only was it his his teammate, but it was Grosjean. Not to say that it was Grosjean's fault, but yeah. But it's not like you know you already don't like I don't like Grosjean. Um, so I when know. he when he ruins Colton's day, which I, 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 I'm a big fan of Colton. Um, Colton too, you know, and it was, it was really fun seeing his car and seeing his team. Uh, you know, it it seems like there's, there's a lot of good energy over there. Mm -hmm. Um, in comparison, it was weird walking through the garage, uh, walking through the paddock and 
kind of getting a sense of of how each team operates. Mm-hmm. Ed Carpenter pulling a uh, pulling a car out, pulling the wrong car out, <laughs> and then sent it. Yes, yeah, sent it, it right back. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like you know, uh, people trying to start up Stingray Rob's car, figure out what's going wrong. Like the guys who are trying. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a really cool vibe. Uh, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I wish her to had more of an opportunity. And I mean, he's already, it's kind of funny that he, he's done it already at mm-hmm. such a young age. Uh, we're all kind of waiting to see if he'll do it again or if he'll be around to do it again. Um, I, I think he could win it at some point. Who knows what the F1 stuff will bring. Uh, at this point, I'm not counting on him ever ending up in Formula One. So I think he'll have plenty of opportunities to win a 500. I do think he did have a chance because, again, he was one of the few few cars that m- was able to to make up some ground. I mean, it was basically Newgarden, obviously. Um, I guess Erickson kind of he he wasn't like right up front, but Erickson still made the fast twelve. Um, Connor Daly started kind of in that same range um, as Newgarden, although he never like threatened. He was kind of hanging around, but he was never. No one at any point thought Connor Daly could win. No. Um, but Colton Herta was climbing up into the top five. And at some point, um, I was kind of like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, Colton could win this he's, thing. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah. If he's coming from wherever, where did he start? Uh, 14th, 13th, 21st, 21st. Whoa. Colton started 21st. Why was I thinking 13th? Um, who was there? Ed was 13th. Yeah. Ed started 13th. Really? Ed Carpenter. Yeah. Well, and Ed Carpenter, I mean, Ed, at one point, Ed Carpenter and Connor Daly were both in the top 10. And Ed Carpenter got caught up in that restart wreck on the front stretch. Um, which was unfortunate for him. I think he had a speeding penalty on pit lane also hmm. that put him in the backup field. Um, but yeah, it was disappointing because I feel like this was the first real shot Colton had and it got blown, which whose fault it was is kind of, you know, yeah, up to interpretation, but blame it on a mix of things, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I would, I would like to see her to do well. Um, Me too. So that's, that's probably the, my biggest take from 100 Days to India. Like, I always kind of like, kind of like Colton Herta. Yeah, but now you're you're hardcore. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm into <laughs> it. And he also, I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, he bought so his dad Brian Herta, the empty nester. Colton Herta bought him his a race winning car from like his cart days. <laughs> Um, which I actually had a little die cast of when I was a kid. Um, it's like an old shell car, actually. Nice. But he bought it for him, and it like it has the original engine and everything in it. Um, still the same steering wheel, everything. And there was like a video of him, like showing his dad, like he surprised him with it. You know, it was very cool. Uh, that that kind of won me over too. I can see that. Yeah. You know, um, he's being a nice, being a nice son. Even yeah. though his dad has abandoned him, uh, <laughs> a strategist. Even though he's moved on to bigger and better things. Anyway, um, 
who was there anyone that you like were totally surprised by or were very disappointed by uh yeah scott mclaughlin you know yeah um, those kind of especially with the year he's had uh i just feel like probably should have finished a little bit better but like how can how it's so hard to be disappointed when things get so crazy at the end yeah uh it's kind of just a matter of circumstance <laughs> well yeah know? and he he also had a huge hole in the nose of of his car after that contact with simon pagino which yeah. pagino was fired up yeah oh he was i remember seeing that yeah i don't know if it was the same I, on the track like on the on the video board at the track basically it was like race control needs to sit him down and talk to him <laughs> Which it was hundred percent overreaction, but yeah, <laughs> I can't remember if he said similar if he had similar sentiments on TV or not. But um, when he said it, I didn't realize who had hit him because it, you know yeah. the interview was long after the incident. So. Yeah, and you're on the track, and yeah, it's all it's all but different yeah. down there, you know. But yeah, I I was also disappointed with Scott McLaughlin partially because. He was my pick in our family pool. <laughs> you know, I, I think other people you can be uh, disappointed by Tony Kanan, all the hype. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. I mean, they play. I think they played the same video, the letter to the fans. Um, they played that again. So they played that at the track on qualifying day uh, on, yeah. I think on Sunday. And then I they, think they showed it on Saturday, too. Oh really? And, and they played it Saturday, Sunday. They showed it again before the race. Uh, yeah, they showed it at the track too. <laughs> so you, they're getting their use out of that. And you know, sixteenth probably not where he wants to be, but uh, like I don't know, he's done this before. I, and I look at him and I'm like, man, well at least he's not you know Pagano or Elio, uh, like because he's he's up there in age and those guys yeah. can barely control the car sometimes. <laughs> um yeah yeah i mean i i was hoping for like kind of a storybook ending for him um it was it was funny though after they showed that so they played the video that they played at on like the weekend of qualifying um and then you know they were talking to him and he was kind of like teary-eyed and whatever and they were like we've got a surprise for you <laughs> And like showed, I don't know if they showed it on the broadcast or not because I skipped a lot of the re- the pre race stuff when I was watching yeah, the replay. Yeah. But um, they had like all the drivers like saying something. Yeah, no, I saw that. Oh, that okay. Too. Yeah. Well, did they have the the after he saw the video? Uh, I don't think so. I'm or I'm I might be misremembering. Well, it, it was. He said after that, he was like, oh, you know, whatever. And then he's like, but maybe I'll be back next year. (laughs) (laughs) Just to lean into it. It was very funny. But I do think it's like, actually, I think he's actually done. Oh, yeah. He's got to be. He's got to be done. Um, At least done racing. I don't know. Seems like there might be a spot commentating or maybe uh, uh, working on a team somewhere. But yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Devlin was a big surprise for me. I don't know. Yeah. He finished I 13th. Heard, I heard they, I heard they interviewed him. Uh, right. Did, did you hear his voice in person? I, I don't remember. I don't, I don't think I saw him. Oh, 
Maybe after the race. I didn't watch a ton of like the post-race stuff either. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you haven't heard Devlin D. Francesco talk, I would recommend YouTubing any any video of him talking and just watching that for at least 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> for some wild Canadian uh, uh yeah, accent. Canadian Italian. It's a very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good day for him. I honestly think that might be his best result of the year to be like 13th. I yeah, I'm Yikes. Like I'm not I mean he's young. And um you know I think that I guess that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I think something to build off of at least. Yeah. Which yeah, he I mean I don't I don't think anyone's expecting him to kind of light the world on fire, but I mean top fifteen at the Indy five hundred, that's nothing to nothing to scoff to, at. Yeah, is, yeah. Like there's, there's not a lot of people that have sniffed the top ten. Yeah. So that's something at least. And so yeah, yeah I'm sniffing. I'm, I'm happy for him. I feel like, you know, feel some kinship. <laughs> Especially since we've kind of been paying attention to him. Just because. yeah, <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, and and Callum taking twelfth. I think that's that's great for Callum. Um, oh yeah. You know, he's one of those guys where it's like, okay, cool, you finished and you finished well. Uh well, good enough. Um, so you know, pretty happy overall for, for those guys. Uh yeah. I was I was happy to see Connor Daly have a good result too. Um Lungard and Jack Harvey, I mean, for as much as they struggled, top twenty finishes. I mean, that's yeah, Ray Hall Letter McLanigan really screwed the pooch on this race. Yeah. Um and they need to do better just in general. Uh, yeah. As a, as a fan of that team, I feel like really, you know, really disappointed. Part of the reason, like, you know, when when the whole team sucks, <laughs> it, it kind of, it, it's a damper. Uh, it does. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel like there's anything anyone can do about it. Yeah. You know. It's like they're just, you know, like I think you said on the on the preview, they, there's something fundamentally they're doing that's wrong. Yeah. Um, and I they clearly didn't figure it out. Hopefully they yeah. have it figured out for Detroit. Uh, although uh, that's what's that a road race street race? That's a street course. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit different setup for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose we should. I, is there anything else you want to talk about for the 500 wise? I want to say. It was great watching it. Final notes, you know, I, I loved the race. I thought it was exciting. Um, I think we're not done talking about it. I think we're naturally going to keep going back to it. Oh, yeah. Um, and it seems like if you're talking about the story of IndyCar uh, through the season, this is the, the climax, maybe, uh, or maybe like one of those specific moments where you can look back and say, hey, this is where a guy started turning it around. Or this is where a guy's, you know, for Ray Hall, Waterman, yeah. Lanigan, this is where they realize, oh, shit, we have something really wrong. Um, you know, the stories build around this. Uh, yeah. And that's exciting. So we're not definitely not done talking about it. And if there's something we need to go back and look at uh, in reference because it applies to something in the future, we will. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is weird that like the culmination of the, of the season happens so early. Yeah, which feels like I don't know. 
I wish there was something they could do about it. <laughs> but like, I feel like it has to be this weekend. It has to be Memorial Day weekend. There's yeah, not yeah, really definitely. So it's kind of frustrating that like we're four races into the season and kind of like the the thing everyone cares about the most has already happened. I just I wonder how IndyCar can keep people interested throughout the rest of the year. Well, yeah, you have to make another race equally as exciting. Now, yeah. there isn't the history to build on, Never. but there's still some cool shit you can do. Uh, pardon my French. <laughs> but, yeah, you know. You can still spice it up. There's still, you know, like the Long Beach is still just as exciting. It for me mm-hmm. as a new fan, it's pretty, it's pretty up there in terms of excitement still. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you can do, you can do, you know, you're not gonna have the crowd draw, but mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, I don't know. I think there's stuff they can do to make make a another race just as important or you know, pretty close. Yeah. Well, yeah, having some schedule consistency and, I mean, just more eyeballs, I think that will help a lot. But, yeah. I mean, attendance was up. TV ratings were up compared to last year. I mean, that's all good news. Um, but, yeah, they there's they need to do something to help this carry over throughout the rest of the season. And that's something they've kind of struggled with in the past. And. I don't know. It seems like they're doing a better job in, in like being present on social media and like trying to bring new attention to the series and everything. Um, hopefully that will continue, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. So but, what, yeah. what should we look for at in Detroit? Uh, well, um, I mean, it's like a totally new track. They're moving from Belle Isle. Um, yeah. To downtown. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. I, I don't know a whole lot about the new track. I'm not, you know, it's kind of weird. I feel like there's not a whole lot to talk about other than the new track because you can't really. Yeah, you don't know until you're there. Yeah, you you don't. And like, you don't know who's going to be the team to be. You don't, you know, because it's totally new. The no one has any. I mean, there's kind of like the basic setups for street courses or whatever. And I mean, you got to think Rojan will be a favorite just based off his, you know, his performance at St. Pete in, in Long Beach. I mean, Kyle Kirkwood, obviously, um, you know, but it's, it's hard to say without, you know, with it being a totally new, it's weird coming from, yeah, one week, you yeah. five days reset. <laughs> yeah. We know you've been down there a whole month. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, we gave you three weeks early on in the season to do a whole lot of nothing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird when it's five days. I think it's good to keep the momentum going. Like if there's a week off, I think it's probably not, you probably lose some of the attention that you were able to get from, from the Indianapolis 500, which obviously is the most watched race of the season. Yeah. Um, so I, I I do think it's good. I'm sure it, it sucks for, I think it sucks for everyone in the series. Like, I'm sure that's brutal, <laughs> especially for Joseph Newgarden, who was like in New York and like flying all over the place. Yeah, he's having to do PR stuff <laughs> all week. And I, they've, they have talked about that in the past. There's like a 500 hangover, you know? I'm sure. You, coming down from that, it's like, 
your brain, the chemicals in your brain, they're just like all released. Yeah. <laughs> <It's historic. laughs> you just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And now you got to go, uh, you know, go race on the streets a, of Detroit. You got to go play a high school team now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. That'll be interesting to see how he responds. I mean, I don't think he was too great at St. Pete. I can't really remember. That feels like so long ago. It does. Uh, I feel like uh, he had an op- opportunity there. St. Pete was an interesting race. When yeah. I think back to it, like, there's a couple people juggling. Um, yeah. Well, and he was up there at Long Beach before he, he had to pit early on yeah. the last stint and had to save gas. So, yep. yeah. I mean, he could contend. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah. The, there's a, it's the, the big highlight, I think, for Detroit this year is the double pit lane. Did you see anything about this? I saw a photo. Um, yeah. 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 So, so there's going to be people that, the space they had to for pit lane was not long enough. So mm-hmm. they split it in half and there will be people pitting on the left side of pit lane and people pitting on the right side of pit lane, which is probably the first time anything like that has ever happened. Um, do you think it's going to like cause any problems? Yeah, <laughs> of you course do. it's going to cause problems, <laughs> but I, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, you know, why not try something new? Like I said, why don't you guys go around the other side of the fountain at Long Beach? Like this is one of those things where they're just like, I don't know, try that, see what happens. Um, I see. I feel like it's going to be something that everyone's going to be talking about, and like it's going to be a big it, thing leading up, and then it's going to be absolutely nothing, no, largely inconsequential. Yes, that's <laughs> how I feel, and I, there's no like reason for me to feel that way i feel like this is kind of a crazy thing obviously it's never happened before and as far as i know as long as i can remember nothing there's never been a setup like this in indycar i i'm hoping that it goes super well in other places they're like oh yeah we could do that because that would make it easier to find play like toronto for example where pit road is a nightmare don't you touch toronto's pit road (laughs) I love that thing. It's madness. It is madness. That's very true. Um, it's madness in a bad way. This could it's be just, madness in a good way. Tor- I don't know. I really like Toronto's because it's crazy too. But um, <laughs> like when I think about it, like I, I parallel park my car every day. I've yeah. done. I parallel park my car for like the last ten years. Um, and I've gotten pretty good at going on each side, but it took some yeah. time. You know. And if, I mean, obviously I'm going backwards and I'm going to, you know, like a really small crappy car. Uh, but like, I, that's going to make a difference with some dudes. I imagine, you know, I, I, yeah. Well, like I some mean, guy might be like, Hey, I want to be on the right side. Sorry. We're out of spots on the right side and you suck. Go well, on the I, I, they do get to pick. So the teams get to pick and it's based on qualifying from like the previous race outside the 500 the 500 is based on the 500 alone mm-hmm. um so like lungard and harvey get to pick based on the gmr i think like they get yeah. or i guess lungard then rosenquist and then harvey i think are like the top picks and so you can like if you want to be on the left side or you want to be on the right side i think you could pick 
Mm-hmm. But like they do alternate like throughout the season. They do have to pit on both sides, whether or not there's people pitting on the other side. So I, I, I feel like it won't be that big of a deal for the individual drivers just because they do have to be used to. All these things, all these little things add up, though. So yeah. I, I think it's going to have a factor. I'm Yeah, I'm curious if there's one side that's like preferred better. Yeah. Just straight up, if if it'll take less time on pit road, that'd be an interesting thing to track. I'm not confident NBC will actually do that. And and you got to think about Broadcast, the teams but... too, because you know the guys changing the tire, girls changing the tire. Those guys and girls, sorry, they you know they got to turn. It depends on which way they want to do it. You know, I mean, I feel like these these things add up. Um, yeah, well, I mean, they like just as the drivers have to like. Pit lane for like mid Ohio is the opposite side of pit lane for road America. Like even road courses, like there's a, like there's variance across the schedule. So I think they're used to it, you know, like, I don't think that's going to be a big thing for the, the crew. I mean, there's probably a preference, but I mean, at least here you get to choose if like, if everyone on your team is way better when they're pitting on the, like when the fuel, when the gas man is on the left side of the car, mm. like at least they'd be able to pick that, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to be a bigger deal than you think. Um, We will see. We'll see how it plays out. All right. So, uh, well, anything we, else we should, we should make some picks. We usually make some picks. Yeah. You want to do some picks? All right. Um, who, who do you got this week? Oh, it's hard. It is hard because it's all been indie, indie, indie. Um, yeah, you kind of like black out. Yeah, kind of forget everything else that happened. I mean, uh, my my real choice would be Lungard. Uh, I would love for Lungard to to win. Um, I want Stingray Bob to become Stingray Rob uh, <laughs> and finish a race. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, uh, like that, that's, I know we, I've picked that before, but you have to, I have to keep picking it mm-hmm. because he's sitting there getting crashed into or crashing, <laughs> um, <laughs> every race or, you know, his car is, you know, bumming out. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Th- those, those would be my two picks. I want one guard to, you know win uh ideally and then uh stingray rob to finish (laughs) high bar (laughs) um i think i i'm gonna go with colton herda colton herda is gonna win this week um if not him it's gonna be grosjean but then my kind of like dark horse pick is i think uh graham gets on the podium I think after all that went on all month, just the complete roller coaster, I think he bounces back, gets a it gets a podium for Ray Hall Irvin Lanigan. Build some positive momentum for the team after the GMR with a with a poll and, and a couple of top ten finishes. So, so we're both in support of RLL doing well here. I uh, I just want like I wanna I I want 
the team as a whole to be competitive because it's better for IndyCar when there are more teams that have a chance to win. Like IndyCar, so like the whole thing is that anyone can win, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the the appeal is that there's especially if uh, one of the owners is uh, David Letterman. <laughs> Just saying, if if this is rigged, uh, come on, guys, it's sitting right there. Yeah, but. It's just better when like there's more like any when anyone can really win and not just someone from Penske, McLaren, or Ganassi, you know? Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I don't know. I'm just pulling for him in like a general sense. I just want the team to do well. I also like to see Felix get another win, but who knows? Can't count on him, I guess. No, apparently not. But it'd be nice if he could prove that he he's he doesn't just choke. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and I think he has that in him. Yeah, but he's think, had some good results this year. I think we should all be excited for next week, uh, and we'll cover that race uh, sometime next week. You know, probably earlier in the week uh, than this time around. So, <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to 16th Street Scanner. Uh, I'm Tyler. You've been listening to AJ and I converse for the last couple hours here, or something like that. At least two. Yeah, you can reach us at 16streetpod at gmail. That's 16streetpod at gmail.com. Tweet at us at 16streetpod, 16streetpod. Uh, if you feel so inclined to, uh, you know, if you like what you hear, uh, come back for more, subscribe, leave us a review wherever you can. Uh, we get those reviews. Uh, we like seeing them. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, shout out to Penny Wishes for our intro and outro music. Uh, we appreciate it. No one's here. Peace. Bye. Three, two, one. Here they come! Coming to the finish line! Bob Jenkins, who's gonna win it?